They say there are two sides to every story. This story has many sides. There's the side of the devoted mother and the sick child. The side of the young girl manipulated by an online predator. The side of a child who plotted the killing of her mother. Which of these is the truth? Let's find out. This is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And welcome back to season two of The Wise and the Wicked. My name is KJ. I have started this podcast as a means to educate myself and whoever is listening to me about different types of people and their impact on society. We look at all things crime, history, the problematic ones and the problem solvers. This season, we are covering female killers. And each episode, we are taking a deep dive into a different case. This week, we have a special very special guest. We are introducing Shu. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone. Um I am Shu. I am the wise and the wicked's number one fan. I am such a fan girl. Um so as well as obviously being KJ's biggest fan, um we've also <laughs> been friends since we were 7 years old. Um so we've had 20 plus years of wise, dark, and wicked conversations from all things true crime, history, and some pop culture moments. Um, we have similar opinions and differing opinions. <laughs> With the introduction of Shu, I have an announcement. We are starting a Patreon. Yes. So the wise and the wicked, let's discuss. Uh, so each episode will take a deep dive further into the problematic and the problem solvers within our society. Here we'll discuss our thoughts and our opinions on each individual we cover. So today we are going to be covering in depth the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. This is a huge, huge case. And if you don't know about it, you're living under a rock. So this is an absolute doozy and it raises some very interesting questions and kind of sparks a little bit of debate. So this is why I thought it would be a good opportunity for Shu to come on today and help us sieve through some of these yeah so I'm really excited to learn more about this case um this case had the internet in a chokehold for the last eight years um there's been so many documentaries tv shows and podcasts um and as a pop culture guru that I am and I claim to be (laughs) more so than KJ um not hard I I all I know about this really is the fact that she has 8 million followers on Instagram. Okay, so this story has many sides. First, we are going to look into the initial public perception of this case. And then we will take a look at Dee Dee, Gypsy's mother, in more detail. After that, we're going to sieve through what is going on behind closed doors in the years leading up to the crime. And we will have a look at Gypsy herself and where she is today, and last but certainly not least, we are going to be looking into Nicholas Godejan, who was Gypsy's then-boyfriend and the perpetrator of the crime. So, as usual, just a couple of disclaimers and trigger warnings before we jump in. There will be some strong language, a lot of talk around various types of abuse, including child abuse, sexual abuse, violence and neglect. 
we will be discussing murder and we'll be looking in depth into various mental illnesses and physical illnesses. As always, listener discretion is advised. Let's get cracking. So, Gypsy Rose Blanchard was born on the 27th of July, 1991, to parents Claudine, more commonly known as Dee Dee, and Rod Blanchard. At the time that they met, the couple was pretty young. Dee Dee was 24 at the time, and Rod was 17. Yeah, that is a red flag. Um, When the news came, they were expecting a baby. They decided to do, quote, the right thing and get married. A few months just before Gypsy was born and a few months into the marriage, Rod left Dee Dee on his 18th birthday, claiming that they got married for all the wrong reasons. Oh, Rod, you clever, clever boy. Um, Rod really tried to have a relationship with Gypsy throughout her childhood. And their relationship was good when Gypsy was little, but the older she grew, the further they moved away. And it was very difficult for Rod to stay connected to her. At the time of her birth, Gypsy and Dee Dee were living in Golden Meadow, Louisiana. That's such a cute name. I know. Very sweet. <laughs> so Dee Dee at the time was working as a nurse's aide in the local hospital. So the first sign of illness in Gypsy was when she was teeny tiny. She started to display signs of sleep apnea. Yeah, so what sleep apnea essentially is when is when you stop breathing uh, for a few minutes at a time in your sleep. Um, most who suffer with sleep apnea end up with a machine that helps them breathe. Um, as far as I know, it's not particularly life-threatening, um, but I can imagine when your little baby uh, stops breathing in her sleep, it can be very, very scary. Yeah, so naturally Dee Dee was worried and took her to the local hospital. And at the time, Gypsy was hooked up to machines and tested while she slept, and this would be the beginning of many hospital visits for Gypsy. Later on, a few years later, Gypsy was treated for amblypia. Shoe, how can you explain what that is? Um, I can explain, but w- whether I can say it or not is a different story. But amblypia, amblypia um, is a type of poor vision that usually happens in one eye. Um, and it can be quite serious if it's let, left untreated. Um, it can be commonly referred to as having a lazy eye. Um, but we're actually not allowed to use that term anymore. Gypsy received corrective surgery for this, and this would be the first of many surgeries, as we said. So by the time she was eight, still teeny-weeny, Gypsy was allegedly suffering from a host of illnesses. This included leukemia, muscular dystrophy, She was paralyzed from the waist down and needed a wheelchair full time and she was unable to feed herself. So she actually had a feeding tube along with her sleep apnea machine that she still needed. So there's a lot of illnesses to unpack there. So let's have a look at them in more detail. Yes. So we have um, leukemia. Um, which is essentially a cancer in your blood that can often be uncurable and and often life-threatening. The second illness here, KJ, is... Uh, Sorry, muscular dystrophy. This is a group of diseases that attack the mass in your muscles. So meaning over time that your muscles lose their mass, uh, which essentially means they get weaker, um, and it leads to you needing a wheelchair. Um, It can also impact your breathing, swallowing, um, and then cause infections. 
Yeah, so the paralysis from the waist down was never really explained, but the fact that she did suffer from muscular dystrophy would explain the use of a full-time wheelchair. Yeah. And along with the problem swallowing and the feeding tube. And then some reports also suggested that she had epilepsy, but... Imagine having this when you're only eight years old. I know. In 2005, when Gypsy was 14, Hurricane Katrina hit the state of Louisiana, causing mass devastation and led to many losing their homes and their loved ones. For Dee Dee and Gypsy, their home was completely destroyed. And as a result of losing their home, Habitat for Humanity actually stepped in and built them a home in Springfield, Missouri. And this house was especially built for Gypsy. It had a wheelchair ramp out the front, quite large doors on the inside so she could get around the house easier. It had a special bath hot tub um, in the bathroom for her muscles and the house was a bungalow. And of course, this house was built by Habitat for Humanity, brought about some media attention. Yeah, so this reminds me of the shows that you used to watch when you were sick as a kid. Um, at your grandparents' house Date in the middle of the day. Um, so the show Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and America's Next Top Model. Um, so yeah, the shows that where they glamorize like sick children or adults, and like the town kind of make them famous. Um, it kind of seems like that here, or everybody wants to be seen to be helping rather than actually helping. That's yeah, a bit of a publicity stunt for mm. some, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but either way, the public completely rallied around the idea of a sick child and a devoted mother. And outwardly, Dee Dee was completely beloved. She was this generous, affable, really lovable. She had many friends. She was completely devoted her life to caring for her sick child. And Gypsy, of course, was sick. But she outwardly seemed like a very bubbly, happy child. I also saw that they even started a Facebook page together. Um, where Dee Dee would share updates of Gypsy's medical condition um, along with photos of what they were up to and the kind of different experiences that they went through. Yeah, photos in the hospital and stuff like that. But I mean, the public around really ate it up and they rallied around the Blanchards, as we said. So as a result of all of this kind of local celebrity, they were given a lot of donations and gifts so they were given a car and it actually over time broke and they i believe they were given another car when that car broke and they were given flights cash donations celebrity meet and greets concerts backstage passes and then of course the make-a-wish foundation as they do so lovingly donated them a once in a lifetime trip to disney world so skipping ahead then there was a very mysterious post on the Facebook page belonged to Dee Dee and Gypsy on the 9th of June 2015 and it read that bitch is dead <gasps> so this was very mysterious and out of character for this page and it definitely raised some concerns but a lot of the people that were concerned just kind of thought the page was hacked and went about their lives but it was what was commented on this post that really raised a red flag and this comment read I fucking slashed that pig and raped her sweet innocent daughter her scream was so fucking loud lol <laughs> the lol just like takes away all of the seriousness of the that post lol <laughs> like it's uh, 
So keep that comment in mind um, because that post kind of changed everything for me. Yeah, so as we said, this raised bigger alarm and the neighbours slash close friends of the families decided to do a welfare check and see if everything was okay. The neighbour reported that everything appeared normal on the outside of the house. It looked undisturbed, it wasn't broken into and the car was neatly parked in its usual spot outside the house. This neighbour grew concerned and decided to enter the house through a window. At first, everything appeared normal until they reached the living room where they found all three of Gypsy's wheelchairs. Mm. At this stage, the neighbour didn't look any further and immediately called the police instead. So when the police arrived, they searched the house more thoroughly and unfortunately, they found Dee Dee's body on her bed. Eek. She had been brutally stabbed multiple times. And there was zero sign of Gypsy anywhere in the house. So the police automatically drew the conclusion that this was a murder kidnapping and went about their investigation in this manner, trying to find Gypsy. So it was only when they went outside and started chatting to the neighbours that a close friend of Gypsy, Aaliyah, told them that she had recently found out that Gypsy had an online boyfriend... Nicholas Godajan. Ooh. So from Facebook, the beauty of Facebook, they managed to trace him to his account and they managed to trace the IP address on the post that was made on Didi and Gypsy's Facebook page. And they were the same address. No way. <laughs> and this address was in a place called Big Bend in Wisconsin, about a nine hour drive from Springfield, Missouri. And this was the Godajon house. And at this stage, the Springfield police reached out to the local law enforcement in the area and sent them to the house. There they found both Nicholas and Gypsy alive and well. Well, well, well. So, sorry, just to quickly recap. So the police thought that Gypsy had been kidnapped. They assumed so because her wheelchairs wheelchairs Mm. were there because she's paralyzed. Because she's paralyzed. What the F? (gasps) She got arrested. And what does she do? She walked down the stairs. She walks down the stairs. Not only can she walk, she can walk down the stairs. She walked down the stairs. Not a bother on her. Oh my God. And walked out of the house. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Did she know she could walk? she knew she could walk because she could walk yeah okay sorry (laughs) it wasn't like a miracle moment I've been healed no like she she knew she could walk because she could walk obviously okay continue (laughs) Um, a close friend and neighbour of the Blanchards was shocked at this realisation as you can only imagine same babes same Same babes same neighbour um, and during an interview later, they were called thinking, if she can walk, she knew she could walk. So how deep did these lies go? Mm-hmm. And that's a question we are still trying to answer. So we are still trying to ask that neighbor. We do not know. That's a great question. So first thing I want to delve into here is Dee Dee herself. Yeah, I'm actually glad you were saying that because I was going to ask you, there's not much, like, there's 
on the internet and let's say the kind of pop culture side of things, there's not much information on Dee Dee. It's all around Gypsy. Well, Dee Dee is a very interesting character. Okay. So outwardly, as we have said, she is the picture perfect doting mother. Yeah, she seems like it. When investigators began to look into her, this complete facade started to just melt away. She went from being this caregiver doting mother to being a monster. Ooh. So let's unpack. Okay. So Claudine, also known as Dee Dee, was born in 1967 and she was born into a pretty big family. She was the youngest of six siblings. When Dee Dee was born, her mother stated that she came with illnesses, which is the most talked about of these is that she had a heart murmur. So while Dee Dee's siblings would play outside, she had to play inside because of her heart murmur. And in the eyes of her mother, she was always ill. Where have we heard that one before? Mm-hmm. There was an excuse for everything. The siblings report that their mother completely smothered her. They believe that their mother wanted to keep her youngest baby a baby forever. Mm-hmm. And Dee Dee was treated totally differently to the other children. While they all slept together in one big room, Dee Dee slept with the mother. While they all didn't go to college, Dee Dee did. They didn't get a car, Dee Dee did. Whatever Dee Dee wanted, she got. And whatever the siblings wanted, they had to go out and work for it. Dee Dee sounds like a swat. The siblings basically claimed that all Dee Dee ever wanted was attention. And she would do anything she could for it. She would lie at any chance she got. She'd lie about what she had for dinner. <laughs> she would often steal. And not that she needed to steal. She would just steal to evoke revenge for not getting her own way. So she would steal from the local shop, from her mother, from her sister, from her brother, anyone. So she was stealing for attention. And to be manipulative. Oh. Yeah. Because she didn't get her own way. So she was getting revenge on all of her siblings and her mum. For like what? Not getting the remote. <laughs> yeah. For, <laughs> for getting a, a different car that she wanted. Yeah. Like you didn't get a car and I only got a red car. Yeah. I only got one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when the mother passed away, Dee Dee took it harder than the rest of the siblings. I can imagine. Absolutely. Her best friend. Mm. And without her mother's attention she had a bit of a gap in her life. So the siblings believe that when Gypsy was born, this could be a way for Dee Dee to get the attention. But this attention seeking quickly turned into abuse. Mm-hmm. So when the investigation into her murder went underway, it became clear that there was nothing wrong with Gypsy. Uh, she could walk without her wheelchair. She could eat without her feeding tube. And as far as any diagnosis of all of these illnesses go Dee Dee had no proof of any of them there was no paper trail at all so you're saying there was nothing physically wrong with Gypsy no so when she was arrested she was given tests to see you know they realized that she could walk so they had to do all the other tests to make sure and the only thing that was wrong with her was her eyesight like us all Gypsy hon absolutely so nobody asked throughout all of her appointments that she had over the last couple of years, her whole life, there was no medical records. No. So 
Apparently, when asked for the backup for all of these illnesses, Didi would just simply say that all of Gypsy's medical records were destroyed along with their house during Katrina when they lost everything. So it was now abundantly clear that Didi had been making the entire thing up. Not only was she making everybody around her think that Gypsy was very sick, but she also had Gypsy thinking that she herself was sick. And from the severity of the illnesses, she thought like she could die from her illnesses. Didi managed to convince everyone around her anything she wanted. She also was making Gypsy take a host of different medicines. And these were in Gypsy's mind to make her better, but in Didi's mind to keep her quiet, drowsy, and most importantly, under her control. Mm. Imagine, I can understand how Gypsy feels like she is obviously sick. Not only is her mother convincing her that she is, and she's constantly going to doctor's appointments, she's on a host of like medication, which obviously, like if you t- if we if I take antibiotics, I'm exhausted, I'm wrecked. Mm. So I can only imagine she probably constantly felt sick. But yeah, but like the other side of that coin is earlier when we were saying she was a bubbly kid. It made it makes sense because she wasn't. Yeah, true. You know, life threateningly ill or paralyzed. Of course, yeah. she was bopping around. Yeah. Poor Gypsy. Poor Gypsy, indeed. So. As a result of all of these findings, when medical professionals studied this, um, the facts around the case in relation to Dee Dee, she was subsequently and posthumously diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yes, so I, if anybody else is a housewife of Beverly Hills <laughs> fan, you will be very well aware of Munchausen's disease. Um, and um, Sharp Objects, if you've also read that book. Um, Great book. Really good book. But just, I'm going to have a proper look at WebMD to give you kind of like a proper definition. So Munchausen syndrome by proxy, otherwise known as MSP, is a psychological disorder marked by attention-seeking behavior by a caregiver through those who are in their care. Uh, MSP is a relatively rare behavioral disorder. It affects the primary care caretaker often the mother so this person gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms of a child in their care as healthcare providers strive to identify what's causing the child's symptoms the deliberate actions of the parent or caretaker could often make the symptoms worse so yeah and as we had said previously Dee Dee was working as a nurse or a nurse's aide, and she did have some college years under her belt, so she knew what she was talking yeah, about. she had in a terms. bit of strong medical knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So she kind of picked and chosen what diseases she wanted Gypsy to have, and then kind of made her maybe made her feel a certain way. Yeah, or made her display the the symptoms, the symptoms. of that. You know, like is she vomiting? Yeah, when she wasn't. You know. Yeah. Um. It was only after Dee Dee's death that the family heard about this Munchausen by proxy diagnosis or even that the illness really existed because it is pretty rare outside of housewives, obviously. Yeah. Um, and Dee Dee's siblings spoke in depth in an interview and they had said that they had never heard of it. But when they began to understand it, they realized that it was remarkably similar behavior shown in their mother in how she cared for or didn't care for Dee Dee when she was growing up. Yeah, I would say 
that that was a complete eye-opener for Didi's siblings. Um, it's really interesting, I think, when you look into Didi's upbringing uh, by her mother and you compare, like, there's a lot of similarities. Of course, the levels of abuse weren't exactly the same, but to play devil's advocate, it gives you kind of a level of maybe compassion. I don't even know if you want to say compassion, but understanding um, if this is how Dee Dee saw a mother figure or it's all she knew, it would make total sense that it's the only way she knew how to be a parent or to mother. What I still don't understand is how she pulled it off when it came to like the medical world. Like how was nobody asking more, more questions? Yeah, I know. And it was actually in one of the documentaries, which there are a good few of videos and I will link them below. Um, but in one of the documentaries, there is a Dr. Mark Feldman, who is a clinical professional of psychiatry. And he studied this case in great detail. And he kind of touched on a lot of the questions that we've already raised so far. So he says, first and foremost, that as soon as he was aware of the case, he started to scour the internet, try and find out as much as possible. And soon became, quote, the least difficult case I've ever seen in establishing this is Munchausen by proxy, mm-hmm. which is when people make others under their control, either sick or lie about their illness or exaggerate their illness to get some sort of gratification for themselves. So he also went on to state, quote, at this point, I have seen hundreds, maybe thousands of cases, but every once in a while you stumble onto a case that we call malingering by proxy, which is where the perpetrator is after financial remuneration. And he thinks this is combined in this case. Okay, so that is interesting. So he thinks essentially there's two illnesses. So what did you say the first one? So there's obviously the Munchausen's by yeah, proxy. and then the malingering. And then the malingering, that's a word. Um, yeah, they got all of the like make-a-wish stuff and all of the... the backstage passes mm. um, so and then of course the house the car everything everything list. yeah okay. yeah I thought this was really interesting when I saw this because I had thought the part of Munchausen and part of the kind of gratification you got was financial mm. so I didn't realize it was a separate illness altogether so I thought this was interesting because apparently with Munchausen it's mostly attention yeah that's what's interesting because again from housewives uh, what's her name? Yolanda Hadid. She doesn't didn't have it, by the way, just as a disclaimer. Oh, God, spoiler. Sorry, spoiler. Well, I don't know. Maybe she did, but it was a big plot for a whole season. Um, but a lot of it was purely for attention. I've, and same, I think, in Sharp ob- Objects. I don't think she... Yeah, there was no financial gain. There was no gain financial that, yeah. gain. Um, so, yeah, that's a really, really interesting point, And it makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this guy is... He's got some really insightful... Um, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, I know. He, he knows what he's talking about. The other thing that I wanted to talk about from this guy is that he touched on how Didi got away with it for so long. Mm-hmm. And the doctors didn't really raise any concerns. Yes. So he says, quote, Didi got away with this for so long because he, she, like many Munchausen by proxy perpetrators, don't often encounter much resistance. Doctors are businessmen and they like satisfied consumers. So I think it's easier for them to do is ignore the possibility of Munchausen by proxy and just go on and treat and treat and treat whatever illnesses the parent believes the child has. That's interesting. Now, 
I don't know how fully accurate this is, but I remember listening to a couple of like other true crime podcasts, um, and one that sticks out is Dr. Death. And from that podcast, anyway, they were saying that your medical history often doesn't travel from state to state because I think in in the US there's obviously different laws different governments and different policies per state well in, in Dr. Death's case he committed a crime but he could and he got fired in one hospital but he could move um, to another hospital in another state because it's like they're completely separate entities that's so scary because like theoretically then you could just move your child around which is already traumatic enough yeah but what really freaked me out was that quote was that doctors are businessmen like i knew that on some level but to put it so bluntly is so bleak or something yeah no that's definitely true when we look at the actual interactions with the doctors individually as well gypsy goes into depth in explaining how her mother is very persuasive now we could have all gathered that thus far anyway but i can imagine just how persuasive Dee Blanchard was. I can imagine so, especially considering she seemed so sweet and loving of her daughter. They were yeah. best friends. Her daughter trusted her so much. Yeah, she was just like this doting mother, but then I'd say she... What Dee would do is that she would give um, Gypsy a toy or a teddy to distract her in order to kind of bribe her into not speaking to the doctors. And she would just say, say nothing if the doctors asked you how you are. You know, one word answers keep your mouth shut essentially Mm -hmm. and if said doctor didn't do just what Dee Dee wanted she would simply switch doctors and she would always find a doctor who would want to do what Dee Dee wanted yeah interesting scary so scary I know but there was one doctor who pushed back (gasps) well slightly during a routine examination Gypsy went to see a new doctor and he examined her muscles in her legs and he thought that they seemed fine. And he raised the question, you know, why does she actually need a wheelchair full time? So he ordered an MRI. And when the results came back, he realized that the MRI was completely normal. And when he reported this to Dee Dee, she was furious and told him she would never be back to see him. Probably came, called him every name under the sun. And, uh, This was where his suspicions of Munchausen by proxy started. And he said he actually put it into his medical notes after meeting with them. And he also said in an interview later that he felt that in order to report her, he didn't have enough evidence because she would give a huge amount of pushback to him. Mm. So unfortunately, he never did anything. He never called Child Protective Services. He never reported this. And his suspicions just sat there in his notes that's interesting it's interesting that you would need evidence like significant evidence for Munchausen's because of the nature of the disease as in like you think that once it's one flag is kind of raised it's just worth investigating especially considering she reacted so strongly I know, and isn't the whole point of Child Protective Services that, like, any flag's a red flag? Yeah, like, why do you need multiple instances? Yeah. You think, like, it should just be the norm that they, you know, if there's there's any sort of flag, it just gets checked. So, so Gypsy underwent many surgeries in her life, some of which she's not even aware of to this day. And the ones she is aware of include the correction to her eyes, which she had 
I think first, she had a muscle mass biopsy surgery to insert her feeding tube. She had her salivary glands removed to stop her drooling. Didi claims she drooled too much. And she had some surgery on her stomach to stop her from vomiting. She also had many of her teeth removed as a result of the copious amounts of pills she was taking from a very, very young age. It caused her teeth to rot. That is insane. Like, I got a wisdom tooth removed last week and I'm traumatised. Actually getting a root canal tomorrow as well. It's a different story. It's a different podcast. Oh, God. Um, Stay tuned for the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) And that is clickbait. (laughs) Plug, plug, plug. Um, but I can't that was that is was so traumatising I can't even imagine like and she you're was so young so young and like a muscle muscle mass biopsy feeding tube like um, what is it Sal- salivary glands salivary glands Sal- salivary yeah, glands so, so that means she can't salivate now <gasps> which is so weird because you needed to like eat yeah it's one of the best things so along with these surgeries Dee Dee would also keep Gypsy's hair short. Now, when I say short, she'd shave her head. Oh, God. So Dee Dee would say that because she had cancer, it was going to fall out anyway. So they needed to keep it neat. And keep the facade. Keep the facade. And she also used to tie a bow around her head. Ick. That's very, um, like, almost patronizing her. So the older Gypsy got, she started to piece things together. She knew she could walk. She knew she could eat without the feeding tube. But the straw that broke the camel's back was that one day she found a Medicaid card with her information on it. And it stated that her date of birth was 1991. Now, we know that's correct. But Dee Dee told Gypsy that her birth was in 1995. Oh. And she had actually... Now, I don't know if this was illegal or legal, but I don't know how legal it is to change your birth certificate year. But she had changed Gypsy's birth certificate to say she was born in 1995. Okay, so to make Gypsy think that she was younger than she actually is. Exactly. So at the time she found this Medicaid card, Gypsy thought she was 15. Oh my God. But actually, she was 19. Imagine, there, there's such a difference between... 15 and 19 especially as a young woman especially there's a lot of changes that go on so this was huge for gypsy as she was now legally an adult and she could make her own decisions she had been begging and pleading for her mother to get rid of the feeding tube and to get rid of the wheelchair but she was always told no Mm. now she was an adult she felt no matter what she was always going to be under her mother's control she felt trapped but she was trapped yeah and it became obvious to Gypsy when she realised that she was actually 19 that no matter what age she is she's always going to be under this control of Dee Dee and Gypsy was also told by Dee Dee her whole life that she was the only one that could actually truly ever look after her and the only one that she could trust every time Gypsy would make a close friend like one of the neighbours that we had discussed earlier um, Dee Dee would poke holes in the relationship and, and say she was a bad influence and all the rest of it. So she really wanted to keep Gypsy to herself. What is that called? Coercive control? Yeah, coercive control. Mm. So, and she also did it with her dad. Um, oh, yes. 
This is why Gypsy led to the conclusion that she couldn't get out of this situation. Because firstly, she knew that everybody thought that she was younger. And she knew that everybody thought that she was ill. So she didn't think that anybody would believe her. Yeah. When she... Now, obviously, with the beauty of hindsight, we can be like, why didn't you just stand up and walk across the room? Or but why at, didn't you tell anyone? Exactly. Yeah. But at the time, when you're under this amount of abuse... And, and it's all you know for your whole life. Yeah. It's just you and this other person your yeah. whole life. And she... Everything you know is because she told you. Mm-hmm. So, Gypsy really, really believed that she had absolutely nowhere else to go. And if she reported it, nobody would believe her. So, there was no point. Yeah. So Gypsy felt she had no choice but to run away. (laughs) And at this point in her life, she had made the first attempt. So this was around 2011. She had met a man at a sci-fi convention. Now, a 36-year-old man. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah, this is scary. Because Gypsy thought she was 15. So everybody thought Gypsy was 15 and this man was 36. No, that, that is not allowed. It's not allowed. It's actually disgusting. And it's just so brushed over. I mean, there's so many disgusting things in this story, but this section is like, oh yeah, she made a friend and she ran away with him. Like, she thought she was 15 and she's telling this man that she's 15 and he's 36. 36. No, that is not allowed. So anyway, Gypsy told this man that she wanted to run away with him and he was as we know, creepy and of course willing. <laughs> creepy. Creepy is not even yeah. a good enough word. It's a, it's an insult to creepy, that is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, creeping and willing as he was, he didn't have a fixed residence at the time. Shocking. Which is later, I realized it's because he was actually on parole. I don't know what he was on parole for. Oh, you're joking. But he was staying with friends. So when Gypsy decided to run away, she had to stay with said friends of said creepy man. Not ideal. Not ideal. But Gypsy agreed. And it turns out that these friends of his actually knew Dee Dee. And as soon as they saw Gypsy, they called her and told her to come. Oh my God, what are the chances of that? Well, I mean, she was famous. Of course. Yeah. Oh my God, of course. I forgot. Yeah. So they reached out to Dee Dee and was like, "Uh, your daughter's here. Yeah. And now, if you were Didi, you'd be like, okay, I'll be there in 40 seconds. Yeah. Because, like, obviously he's a criminal. Yeah. And, like, obviously... He's a a criminal and he's 36 and your daughters think she's 15. And everyone thinks she's 15. Well, she knew she was older, but I don't think Didi knew she knew that. Oh. But I don't know, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, did... She must have known, because they probably argued about it, because they argued loads. Didi and... Gypsy. Gypsy. Yeah, because Gypsy was like, let me live my life. And Didi was like, absolutely fucking not. She's like, I'm 50, or I'm 19. I'm a grown up and you're trying to make and me. And she's like, no, look at your birth cert. It says 1995. Oh my God, the gaslighting. I know, it's insane. It's oh, insane. God. So what was Gypsy's to do? You know, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. But anyway, this attempt of escape made life a lot worse for Gypsy. And the abuse actually just got worse. So at this point, Dee Dee had smashed Gypsy's computer, which was her only link to the outside world. She wasn't allowed to have a phone. Smashing the computer is so dramatic. Like, just remove it. Just yeah, like she didn't even confiscate it or like <laughs> she, smashed she just it. smashed it. Like smashed it up. <laughs> the cycle of abuse got worse and worse. Dee Dee smashed Gypsy's computer, which was her only link to the outside world, which must have been so lonely and horrible yeah. for her. Um, 
but that actually wasn't the worst of it. This started a new wave of abuse where Dee Dee started to starve Gypsy. What? She would hit her, chain her up. Gypsy stated she put bells on the doors so she would know if Gypsy tried to leave. After this, Gypsy would sneak into Dee Dee's room after she was asleep and she would steal her computer and she would find her way back to the World Wide Web, which was her escape. Yeah. You know, she needed something. Especially as a teenager. like. And she decided to sign up to a Christian dating website. That's where all good love stories start. Exactly. It's 2012 on a Christian dating website. She met Nicholas Godejan. So the pair hit it off. And uh, within a week of speaking to each other, they became officially boyfriend and girlfriend. Wow, that is fast. Yeah. This online relationship went on for years. So after the first year, she was comfortable enough to tell Nicholas that she could walk. And... Gypsy stated in a later interview that when she told Nicholas this, he wasn't surprised Mm -hmm. because he said he was psychic. Oh, (laughs) of course. We already knew. Oh, of course. Obviously. Yeah, it's a good story. Cool, Nick. Um, Nicholas claimed he had multiple personalities. And the most common of these that he spoke about was Victor, who he claimed was a 500-year-old vampire. And he was very violent. Again, that is a walking red flag. <laughs> yeah, so this was like his dark his dark side, you know? Mm-hmm. And Gypsy also made some personalities to go along with his. And these were... They had different names and they also had different wigs. Oh! Yeah. Nice. She loved a wig. Which I'm kind of like fair play. Like, that's yeah, fun. I'm like... Go girl. You go girl. So she had Kitty, Ruby, Chloe, and she had a bunch of other ones. And she said that she only adapted these personalities because that's what Nick wanted. And she really wanted Nick to like her as much as she liked him. Now, I can understand that in like a young relationship. I get that. But I also, just judging on a lot of the things that I read, I don't think that that's accurate, dare I say. Because... She wanted escape. She was always going to sci-fi conventions. She was dressing up. She was, you know, she loved a wig. Yeah. I read an article, aka watched a TikTok. Um, and they it was saying it was about her voice. So Gypsy has quite a high pitched voice, kind of sounds a little bit like Minnie Mouse, I would say. That's the dearest comparison, I would say. Would you not? Would you agree? Especially around this time. Yeah, like when she, when you kind of interviews or any videos you've seen in the past, I've seen in the past, but she, um, like loved to dress up as like a Disney princess and like wear wigs and kind of, I guess, play a different role. Play a role, yeah. Yeah, which I get. It's probably a form of escapism. Absolutely. I mean, we all have an element of that when we were kids as well. But like, especially for her, for for being sick and being quite like, like she was, she was at home a lot and stuff like that. Yeah, at home a lot and constantly in and out of appointments. Like she could probably be someone else. Um, And also like, even like looking a certain way and feeling good about herself. Like her mom shaved her head constantly and put bows on her head when she was like, a little bit older so mm-hmm. like you know dressing up as a, a princess might make her feel a little bit more bit more normal or a little bit kind of like she could be someone else yeah just kind of play a role and have yeah. a bit of escape but you could also see like when you go through pictures of her like she'd go to the cinema 
and she'd dress up like a character in the, the movie that she's going to yeah. see. Like, she really went for and it, which is like, she was into it. The, sorry, the sci-fi conventions exactly. and things like that. Yeah, and like, essentially, yeah, I just, I don't agree with her putting that all onto Nicholas. I don't yeah. think that that's accurate. Yeah, she kind of played roles and characters and dressed up pre, pre-Nick. It was a pre-Nick thing. Yeah. Um, maybe not like the... Maybe not the the dark side. Yeah, you know, it was maybe that was kind of played up a little bit, but like they decided that they really wanted to meet in person. But Gypsy knew that Dee Dee would never approve of how they met or how long ago they met because she had no idea, and she never wanted Gypsy dating anybody in the first place ever. So Gypsy had to decipher a pretty specific plan to gently introduce Nicholas to Dee Dee. She no has choice. to. Yeah, yeah, she has no choice. Because otherwise she won't ever... Because she's with her mom 24-7. Yeah, there's no way that she can live a life with Nick and Dee Dee without having... Yeah, like, I mean, she was inc- incredibly controlling. Like, there was no way that Gypsy could just, like, nip to the shop. You know, she <laughs> yeah. was never alone. That's so true. You know, so in order for Dee Dee to let somebody else into Gypsy's life, she'd have to know them and trust them. Yeah. Um, and Gypsy knew this, so that's why they kind of had to think up something very... Hatch a plan. Hatch a plan, but also it had to be, like, delicate enough, but also, like, he's important. Yeah. So yeah. it was tricky. Tricky thing to do. So the plan was that Gypsy would send him cash in the post. Okay. And he would be able to get a bus ticket from Big Bend to Springfield. And as we said, that is a nine-hour drive. Yeah. So that's pretty far. And... The plan was that Dee Dee and Gypsy would go to the cinema together and they would accidentally bump into Nicholas, strike up a conversation and they would live happily ever after. Gypsy felt that if Nicholas was dressed nice and said all the right things, that it would all work out and they would be able to be together. That's cute. I mean, you can see where her thinking was. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see the thought process behind that. Absolutely. So... Gypsy picked a movie. Sorry. Yeah. Manipulation, one would say. By who? By Gypsy, to your mom. Well, she didn't lick it off stone. I know, that's what I was going to say. Uh, interesting. Mm. It, it is manipulation, but it's like... I guess it's like... It's positive, th- though, if you know what I mean. It's positive manipulation. <laughs> it's like tricking... It's toxic shit. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like tricking your mom into accepting him, but like... It's the instinct to trick. I guess it's a way of surviving, though, too, isn't it? It's a survival It's total instinct. survival. And it's like, she's never introduced anybody successfully to Dee Dee. Yeah, but you can see how the cycle kind of continues, as in, like, the only way she can kind of get approval or the only way she knows how is to manipulate her mother, which, and, like, that's something that her mother learned. learned. It's all learned behavior. Yeah, it's like a cycle of learned manipulation. Yeah. So, Gypsy picked the movie. She picked Cinderella, the live action one. Oh, great. 2015. Love that. And uh, wouldn't be Gypsy. She dressed up like Cinderella to go and see Cinderella. And first to her wig and all. Of course. And yeah, so their act was they pretended to bump into each other and they got talking. So, Nicholas sat down beside them in the cinema and struck up a conversation. Okay. And Dee Dee thought it was weird that there was a 20-something man in Cinderella by himself he told Gypsy to move down a few seats and Gypsy claimed that 
Nicholas wasn't doing anything wrong and she refused to move. Uh-oh. So before they made the plan of how they were going to meet, Gypsy and Nicholas made a plan for Gypsy to lose her virginity. <laughs> In the cinema. Oh, yeah. So during the movie, <laughs> Gypsy pretended that she needed to use the bathroom and she left. Okay. And Nicholas followed her and they had sex in a bathroom cubicle. Oh my God. And not that this is important, but in the men's room. I am just imagining her in her Cinderella dress. The smell. The cinema bathroom. But the smell, not only a cinema bathroom, a boy's bathroom. Like we know what that smells like. That Anyway, I'm shook. Absolutely shook. Okay, so after a while, of course, Dee Dee started to worry, like, looking for the pair. And she found them together in the concession stand. And she completely, she lost her ship. She loves to do that. Yeah, she was furious that they were talking. She said, you are not allowed to talk to boys. And then naturally, that evening when they got home, Gypsy and Dee Dee had a huge argument. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you're never allowed to date. You're not allowed to have boyfriends. And Gypsy figured, okay, so that obviously means she's not allowed to get married and she's not allowed to have kids. Oh, Because, you know, she's yeah. not allowed to date or have boyfriends or meet men at all. And that's what she wanted. And all she wanted in that moment was freedom and she just wanted to be happy. Mm. So one night, a couple of nights later, the couple were texting, as they do, and... Nicholas went on to say that he would do anything for Gypsy and he wanted to protect her from anyone and she said from anybody even my mother oh my god and he said yes and this is when Gypsy asked Nicholas to kill Dee Dee okay as you do as you do and this is when the murder plotting actually began right so Gypsy figured as long as Dee Dee was alive, she couldn't be with Nick. And she explained this to him. And it was this was when they concocted three plans. <laughs> okay, let's hear them. Plan A was to convince Dee Dee that Nicholas was the man of Gypsy's dreams and they were going to live happily ever after. Okay, not a, not a bad... Not a, not a bad start. Yeah, it's pretty... Like, you know, that seems pretty doable. Well, maybe not doable, but... It's definitely, you can see the logic. See the logic, yeah. But then, of course, after the cinema debacle, it probably wasn't likely. Mm -hmm. Plan B, ironically, (laughs) was to get pregnant. And then Dee Dee would have to accept the relationship because there was a baby coming. Obviously, yeah. Um, And then plan C was to kill Dee Dee. Okay. Now, when you read out plan A, B and C, they seem a bit extreme yeah but when you think about the firstly the mindset the upbringing Mm -hmm. the thought processes of Gypsy and she really thought she had no other way yeah like she really thought hey listen I need to get out of this situation how am I going to do it yeah and to be fair she did try plan A it didn't work yeah plan B it also kind of isn't going to work like as in she, how would she, like how does, she, how how do you does that happen yeah. yeah but I just think killing Dee Dee is just a little extreme but no, as I you mean, said it's not as we know now with the beauty of hindsight it's not the only answer she had exactly but she thought it but was, she thought it was. Exactly. she thought it was yeah. and 
I mean, you have to give sympathy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, for to sure. To both Dee Dee and Gypsy, to be fair. To be, to, to be fair. To be fair, yeah. Um, but this led the couple to looking into all the different ways that you can kill a person. Mm-hmm. So arson, poison, a gun. And then they settled on Nicholas being the one that would kill her because Gypsy felt that she wouldn't be able to go through with it. Okay. So they settled on stabbing and they settled on Nick being the one to do it. And Gypsy said that she would supply the items for him to do this. Very good of her. Yeah. So she took herself to Walmart. Well, she didn't take herself to Walmart. When she was in Walmart, she stole a knife which ended up being the murder weapon. She managed to get some duct tape from the house and she put together a package for Nicholas. Lovely. Very romantic. Yeah. So then she sent him enough money in the post again. She sent him some cash and this was enough money for him to get the bus back up to Springfield from Wisconsin. And all expenses paid trip. All expenses paid trip. And yeah, to stay at a nearby hotel for a few nights. So, <laughs> so complete with this, uh, Gypsy made Nick a video and it was basically an instruction video of how to get through the house. Because, of course, he's never been there before. Yeah. So she sent all this and the end of the video was so disturbing was Gypsy leaning over Dee Dee's bed and doing a stabbing motion. Like, oh, God. Like a demonstration. Jesus. That's dark. Um, so anyway, the night of, in which was June 2015, Nick appeared at the house. He did, as the video said, walked through the house. And all the while, Gypsy was hiding in the bathroom. And she covered her ears with her hands while Nick carried out the crime. Ugh. After the crime, the pair had constructed a secret knock for him to knock on the door to say it's done it's done yeah and once he did that the two had sex on gypsy's bed and then they went to back to the motel that is gross yeah the pair apparently they constructed a plan of what they'd say to the police okay when they if and when they got arrested and they also planned to go back to essentially live with nick's family in Wisconsin and they also needed to con- construct a story to tell them oh yeah okay so they well to make the whole story make sense I suppose well yeah they needed to just tell Nick's parents why she was there yeah where she came out of nowhere <laughs> literally like who is this girl yeah. so they decided to tell Nick's parents that um, Dee Dee found out about the relationship yeah. she was furious and kicked Gypsy out of the house and said I don't want to see you anymore yeah so that's what they had said to Nick's family yeah and then they and the Nick was rescuing her and Nick was rescuing her, of yeah. course. And the story that they were going to tell the police was the same thing. Okay. And that anything that happened to, to Dee Dee after they left, they have no idea what because they were in in Wisconsin. So they had no clue. No clue. And they were just living their dreams. They went on the, off on their romantic trip. Off on their, like, yeah. So, so Dee Dee had been like, I don't want to know either of you anymore. Yeah. And you're they all, left. You're yeah. A few days later, Gypsy got worried that maybe nobody would have found her mother yet. Fair. And this is where, if you remember, the infamous 
Facebook post comes in <gasps> of course. to the story. Yes, I was going I was wondering when that came back. Yeah, so it came out later. I, like the immediate thought process here is that Nick wrote that, right? Yeah. You would imagine. Yeah. That bitch is dead. Yeah. And then the and it it's from his perspective. A hundred percent. But Gypsy wrote it. <gasps> and Gypsy claims she wrote it because she was worried that nobody would find her mother rather than now again the beauty of hindsight 2020. I know. But rather than just like anonymously placing a call of like a you know a wellness check. Yeah, or even if the story all made sense that she got kicked out, she could ring her neighbor and be like, I just wanted to, I've been calling my mom. She hasn't responded. Can you just check on her? Yeah. Do you like know what I mean? There's so very, many it just it seems so I mean, why also just say like that bitch is dead? <laughs> like as in I don't know. As in it it, it cuz it makes it seem like whoever has access to the Facebook page yeah. did it. Maybe is that what she wanted? Maybe, maybe, but it's just and it's interesting that she wrote it from Nick's perspective. Yeah, definitely. Like, also the fact that she said, "What is this?" She's like, "That bitch is dead," and and he and, and he raped her and daughter. he raped her daughter. But he said it was like innocent daughter as well. Yeah, so it's like she's calling herself innocent. It's almost she's like protecting herself. Yeah, I was gonna say it's almost like she's throwing Nick under the bus. Yeah, and making herself seem like a victim. And exactly. Yeah. Anyway, as we know from the start of our story, they, the police found the pair in the house in Big Bend in yeah. Wisconsin in the Go to John house. Yes. So when Gypsy was found and arrested, again, I'm going to post the videos below of the interviews between the arresting officers and Gypsy and then the arresting officer and Nicholas. Yeah. Um, but in Gypsy's one... First, she acted like she's, there's no idea what's going on. And then she acted like she had no idea her mother was dead in the first place. And then the rest of the interview, she kind of trips over herself and spends the interview lying. So it's not... It wasn't until later interviews that she actually fully opened up. And what we do know is that after the interview... They were given an, a million dollar bond or something that they could never reach. So they were kept in custody. Oh, wow. And Gypsy didn't go to trial. Oh. So she decided to plead guilty yeah. to the crime and serve the minimum sentence for second degree murder. Okay. And that was 10 years. Oh my God. And then she would have been eligible for parole into 2024. And that brings us to today today so she came out of prison on the 28th of december 2023 oh my god i remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> it, it kind of was it wasn't that long ago. i know <laughs> and since then she has been on a press tour oh pr the the most press tory press tour i know i have ever seen and that is how i know better yeah she's back she's back and she is doing some very controversial interviews and of course she's had like media training and all the rest of it but she is just she's very much placing all of the blame onto Nicholas now yeah and it's interesting when you look back at the older interviews and it's very like I talked him into it I said that and now she's saying that he is he's the one who did it and and I'm I'm a victim yeah and it's kind of interesting yeah, she yeah, she's completely kind of changing the narrative to suit herself, but that's also because he is isn't he in 
prison for life now. Yeah. So, so he's still in prison. It's kind of her her word against his. Exactly. A free woman against a man in prison. And forever. Like, he's not yeah. getting out. But also then, like, I mean, justice is served. Like, she served her time in prison. Yeah. She did her punishment. I suppose. And like, so you kind of have to give her that as well. Yeah. And she's also done, I mean, again, according to some TikToks, um, like she's done a lot of like it seems like she's done a lot of therapy she's done a lot of reflection yeah. like she's talked about her mother and she's like I understand that she was also like a victim yeah she was obviously very unwell she was very unwell um, and like she was also a victim of abuse and she was like mentally unwell yeah like so she has a lot of understanding but I do feel like with Nick she definitely doesn't give him a lot of empathy maybe or like yeah there seems to be a bit of a lack of empathy and yeah. we will get into him in more detail but before we do I wanted to touch on her life now so she got a, a relationship when she was in prison she met yes. a man who um, wrote to her in prison I guess yeah like, and they are married they now got, they, got, they got married, married when she was still in prison exactly while well, she was still in prison yeah which is wild so she's only really like spending proper time with him now I mean she's only yeah. been out two months and the day she got out he brought like a full TV crew to record really? her leaving prison wow so like he's also someone that loves the limelight yeah because I've seen a lot of interviews with her since she got out of prison and he's in all of them yeah like he, he mightn't be in the full interview but he makes an appearance yeah and like on the red carpets he's there oh answering questions for her yeah and actually today yeah. There's he was um I don't know if he was interviewed or he took to TikTok or whatever he did, but he's edging towards pregnancy rumors. Of course. Yeah, he's like He is stirring. edging towards pregnancy rumors. He is stirring the pregnancy rumor pot. Why? What is he saying? Just like maybe our little family is growing and oh, like God's these sake. kinds of, you know. Yeah, that kind of makes me sad. I feel like I mean, I want her to move on with her life and you know what I mean? As we said, like that's she's a victim of abuse and the, all of the rest of it. But like, I just kind of wish her peace. Like, I don't I mean, really yeah. wish her limelight. Exactly. I just want you to have a nice, boring life. Yeah, like quiet life. Quiet like life. Just you know, settle and and enjoy your freedom and enjoy your life. And yeah. Be like, and enjoy your healthy in quotation marks relationship like have yeah, a loving enjoy husband your view, your, enjoy your honeymoon yeah you know yeah um yeah they're i'm trying to find the quote the instagram uh quote um they got like you know people she kind of divides people's views because obviously some people think you know she is a victim and people yeah. feel sorry for her so she has a lot of fans like people are like yes queen you're you're free like do your thing you've deserved your time whatever and then obviously some people ultimately think like she murdered someone like she's a murderer why are we praising her she's like committed crimes she's manipulated yeah. people she like manipulated nick she you know what i mean all those kind of stuff so that's why she's so such a like divisive character yeah she is and i think like i'm firmly in the middle of both because Same. annoyingly on the fence but also she shouldn't be shunned for yes yeah, she committed crimes yes yeah, she did all of these negative things but she did serve her time and like there's there's a justice system for a reason do you know what I yeah. mean like like 10 it, years in prison is a long time it, it, she served 8 but like that's a long time it's a long time yeah 
So Nicholas Godejohn has been formally diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Okay. And he also shows signs of dissociative identity disorder or DID. Now he's never actually been diagnosed with DID um, and he suffered from some mental illnesses when he was younger and he in 2013 he had his first brush with the law where he was arrested for indecent exposure in a local McDonald's oh yeah during his prison interview he conducted a prison interview and it was it's really interesting again I'll link it below but he basically details the following he says that he feels that the entire story has been tipped in Gypsy's direction Mm -hmm. now this is way before she came out of prison so it's even more highlighted now what he was saying and he said that there isn't room for him to voice his opinion on things he doesn't want to judge and he said he's not in a position to judge but he feels that he has a responsibility to explain his side he seems that he is very remorseful and he explains that he wants everybody to understand that he is human and that he made a mistake and that everybody makes mistakes now fair point there's different levels of mistakes of course yes but it's nice to see remorse it is for sure it is nice to see remorse he seems to to understand that there's a right and a wrong and he he certainly was on the wrong side yeah absolutely yeah and he goes on to explain that when he turned 15 he said something in him clicked and he lost a sense of what he described as his inner peace he said that he looked in the mirror and he saw something in himself that he didn't recognize something with no light oh god he said that he knew there was a darker part of him and he was terrified to explore it and even to understand it And unfortunately, he did explore this darker side of him and he chose to explore that with Gypsy, which is something that he now regrets. Okay. He said that that part of him wanted to come out for a long time and that dark part of him is triggered by anger. He said at this time in his life, he was so angry that Dee Dee was hurting Gypsy and he just loved her so much. And you can really see that in the interview and you can even see it in his initial uh, police interrogation interview how much he actually loves Gypsy like he Mm. talks about her like he's like I worship her and I mean it's bordering obsessive but it's a little tipping teetering on obsessive yeah for sure but it's also like protective yeah I, I can only imagine loving somebody so much and knowing how distressed they are yeah and like no he knows he has the full context like he knows the only way she can be free well exactly or does he as in like technically he should like we can get we can excuse gypsy because she obviously has had been part of the cycle of abuse she's been Mm. abused over whereas like potentially you know maybe he i know he loves her so much but it's kind of where he has to be like "Mm, maybe we don't kill her i mean absolutely like Mm. he certainly certainly did the wrong thing like one thousand percent but it's just he you can I don't know like you can also see he thought and he believed her when he said that there was nothing else that she could do or yeah. there was no other way for her to be free yeah. like he is very honest in his police interview and he very much is like yeah no I killed her but I mean I had to there was no other way there was no other way and it's like that's just the facts and yeah. that was the end of it and it's mm. that kind of it's so it's really sad yeah. and it's so upsetting that he thoroughly and he really, believed that yeah he really believed it there's a there's such a sadness to him and it's really I know this I was gonna say I mean maybe it's my 
one of my toxic traits, but <laughs> I really feel for this man. I There's know, nothing. I do as well. And like now, don't get me wrong, he did a very, very bad thing. He did he, such a bad thing. He took a life. It is absolutely inexcusable. And he definitely deserves to be somewhere. Yeah, 100%. He deserves to be somewhere. Incarcerated in some way. Yeah, but is it life in prison? Without the chance of parole. Without the chance of parole? I'm not sure. But he goes on to state that he had an angel and a devil talking to him. And he said, they spoke and they left the decisions up to me. He said, the angel said, take her and run. And the other devil voice said, that bitch is already dead. And he said, the darn devil... He had to listen to that one. <gasps> the darn devil. The darn devil. And he said it inflamed, it's interesting choice of words. He said it inflamed emotional rage in him. Mm. It was just interesting. It was like, I wonder. It's a very I, good description. It's a very good description. And you can kind of almost understand how heated literally mm. the whole thing was. Like, I can, it's a really good description. Isn't I kind of totally get what he means. Like it's, powerful words like. yeah um god why are we complimenting this man so much <laughs> you know he's perceived as someone that's like a bit stupid where actually he just like sounds like he's kind of self-aware and like is, has a complicated relationship with himself and his own emotions and how he handles them i think we we may be giving him too much credit but i know i, I also think that he is kind of the forgotten piece of the puzzle and not only is he looked at as somebody with a low IQ and somebody with and I also think that I'm not necessarily sure that his mental illnesses or you know the fact that he has been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder I don't know if that's relevant in any way like I don't yeah, know enough about it so I don't think that's relevant and I yeah. don't even know if his IQ is relevant all I know is what I can see in him when I'm when he's speaking but he's also painted as a master manipulator that's yeah and off like again the kind of story that you hear like I did previously is like all like what happened to Gypsy how Gypsy was a victim and that kind of thing but actually like obviously learning about her mother but also Nick I didn't know anything about this like isn't it it is a good bit of like understanding of like yeah there's there's three sides to every story there's literally three sides to this story yeah like he is seen even when like the we example we just touched on it when Gypsy's now husband I believe his name is Ryan yeah when he said oh yeah no Gypsy wasn't the master manipulator behind this he yeah. was and I just think like no he's not he's not sorry he's not no he did a very bad thing he should have been able to pick, put his hand up in the air and say murder is wrong I'm not doing that yeah. absolutely no way but he, he was not the master he did not make that video he did not steal that yeah knife. he didn't put the idea out there in the ether in the first yeah, place. Yeah, he just did what he was told. He did what he was told, but you can also see in uh, Gypsy did a trial against him mm -hmm. and she said that she talked him into it. Like she literally used those words that she talked him into it. Okay. So it's like you can't now come out say and say that he, oh no, he was the master behind everything when she had to talk him into it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I just, I, I feel like there's three sides to the story, but there's also three victims in this story. Mm. And there's also three perpetrators of different crimes in this exactly. story. Exactly. It's so true. You're like right. They're all victims. They're all perpetrators. And they're all like. Yeah. 
two things are true at the same time. Exactly. Three things are true. Three things are true. Um, I you do. Know. One thing I'm also intrigued to know about is going forward, um, her husband. I feel like there's a lot more to him. I know. I feel like that's going to unpack slowly over time. That's, yeah. And like, you know, especially social media and like... Yeah. Where they end up as a couple, like if she's pregnant and stuff, like... I mean, look, I hope, she, you know, it is true love and they, she finds happiness yeah, and like their God life is normal as possible. It, it can be. So when Gypsy is asked about Nick, over time, her opinions of him have changed. And she said more recently in an interview that what Nick should have done is immediately raised his hand and gone to the authorities. And he never should have killed Dee Dee and he never should have entertained the idea of killing Dee Dee. And she goes on to say that he has a dark side and he wanted to do it. Mm. And it was a fantasy for him that he wanted to live out. And when asked about him serving his time, she says it is what it is. Yeah. In the same interview, she was on a podcast um, and she also explains how she doesn't identify as a murderer well, he's the one who actually did it. So, so even therefore, though I had a part to play, but he's the one who did it. So therefore I'm not a murderer, which in some respects, yes, it's true. But yeah. at the same time, if she hadn't asked him to do it, he wouldn't have killed he her. He wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And that's not to say maybe he wouldn't have killed somebody else. I mean, we can't ever That's, that's so true. That. Yeah. But he wouldn't have killed Dee Dee specifically. And yeah, this was not the way his life would have turned out. No. Anyway, another interesting kind of look at the whole thing in terms of Nick is Nick's mother so she was interviewed after Nick's initial police interrogation and um, she was interviewed by the same investigator she was told that Nicholas's mental age would always be around 15 16 years of age, okay uh, years of age and that he had an IQ of 82 okay which is pretty low mm-hmm. um, and she also said she was, he was a basket case when he left the house to go to stay in the motel to see Gypsy and it's interesting because he was 26 at the time yeah so it just shows you how like minded he was is that the right word yeah or his kind of mentality and stuff like yeah lack of life experience yeah and that he doesn't do well on his own yeah i mean you'd be terrified if you're 15 16 year old yeah child of course into a taxi but you wouldn't necessarily not like your a 26 year old. year old no so it shows the mothering of him do you know what i mean yeah of how like nick's mother stated that she had never seen any violence from her son and she believed that it was gypsy that quote got into his head and what was interesting about this interview was that this was just after Nick's arrest. So after his interrogation mm-hmm. and the officer who interviewed Nick spoke at length and she stated how he showed signs of remorse, but he ultimately just wanted to see Gypsy free and Aww. wanted to do all he could to set her free. God. And he really explained how what he was doing was was he thought it was best and he was just doing it for a gypsy and ultimately Nick's mother stated that she really thought that Nick was actually safer where he was i.e. in custody rather than out in the real world with gypsy in his head oh my god what a what a chilling statement I know it speaks wonders especially because it's like you wouldn't want your child there but you can see her thinking yeah 
So Gypsy confessed and said she, quote, talked him into it. So it's safe to say she manipulated Nick yeah. into committing this crime. But was her manipulation intentional? See, yeah, that's where the question is, because that's why I was saying there's so many examples of how she's manipulated people mm-hmm. like Gypsy and Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. So like that she might not even know. Exactly. Like it's just who she is based on the way oh, she how she believes people behave. Yeah. Like it's just the way she acts. Like that's what her, that's learned behavior that we've just learned. I think proves that you can be both a mas- master manis- manipulator and a victim. Like I would not say she's an innocent victim but she's a victim nonetheless absolutely i also think her mom dd is also a victim yeah but also a master manipulator so to finish off i'm just gonna end with a quote from dr fieldman who we have spoken about a lot because he has yeah, he i love has, that guy we love that guy he's got some very interesting things to say he does so he is an expert as we said on munchausen syndrome and he summed up the questions we've asked quite nicely in my opinion and he said quote she was the one who was trapped in an unfortunate situation and wanted to escape but he ended up being the mechanism for murder of Dee Dee. and that does show some real skill in manipulating another person even though Nicholas has had his own psychological problems even before he met Gypsy it's like I think that's like summarizes it pretty perfectly if you have to decide okay is Gypsy Rose oh god wise or is she wicked I think she's wise whoa did you think I'd say wicked yeah no I think she's wise I mean look at her she's I know she's out she's married she's she even stated in prison that she felt more free in that prison than she did at home wow so and I mean and as that's probably sounds makey uppy but like I kind of buy that and then I also think, like, on her darkest day with her mother, she yeah. never thought she'd be where she is in 2024. Absolutely. That's so true. So what about you? I definitely agree with you on the wise, but to almost be a bit controversial, I'm going to say she's a little bit wicked because... I'm not taking away the fact that she's definitely a victim, like she's a victim of abuse. But just the way she's kind of just like, she kind of has removed the shackles of like what she's actually done and has put it on Nick and is not taking like complete responsibility for it. No, and like she was, but she's not anymore. Uh, Yeah, and then there's like such little things that like when she says about like, now obviously she was, wasn't in her right mind at all and she's as, as I said a complete victim yeah but like the way she said about put, put up the post like that was instant that was like only like that was only was a couple days later, yeah. days after and she placed the blame on him and she placed the blame on him straight away so I, I wonder was she always going to place the blame on Nick maybe was she using was she kind of did she premeditate any of it? Did she, you know? I know they were obviously in an online relationship for three mm. years, but was she like, this guy, this guy is going to help me? Well, this is it. This is the, the, I mean, we'll never know the answer to that did question. She ha- does she have a type? Did, what, did, did she target him? Yeah. Who knows? So that is our 
very messy take on um, a very messy story and very very complex characters and um, I hope you enjoyed this little change up in our usual um, episodes yeah let us know what you think absolutely we always love feedback here at the wise and the wicked and um, I think it's a good taste of what's to come on the Patreon yeah don't be mean though five stars we only like we only like positive feedback yeah um and yeah i'll see you in two weeks bye bye